At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, welcome back to the Outdoor Drive Podcast. We are excited to have episode 155. Wow, 155. Is that like a milestone or close to a milestone? No, no not really. Not one, even cool. one, 150 is the milestone, 200 is the next, but 155 just has a ring to it. I guess, it just, it just rhymes. Well, this is your boy East Coast Trev, and... This is Steve. What's up, Steve? Same old brother, just uh, theoretically in the real world, we're recovering from hunt stock. Yeah, recovering is probably <laughs> the reality of it. Yes, yeah. that's probably what's going on. This is probably one of the craziest times that we've had in a long time. So I'm looking forward. I'm, well, I'm, and I'm looking forward. At this point, you already looked resting. forward. <laughs> yes, but I'm looking forward to resting, right? I guess. So this is obviously a little bit pre-recorded um, because we are so busy with hunt stock and everything that we have going on there. Um, for you guys that missed out, I'm sorry. Uh, for you guys that have won the giveaways, thank you um, and congratulations. And uh, it's just it's just all good stuff, man. We we we've been busting and busting our hump, and now back to the grind and. Bear season's around the corner. Deer season's around the corner. Things are really looking up. But before we get there, we're going to snap it back just a tiny bit and kind of stay in the fishing realm. I know we've kind of done a mixture of hunting and fishing, kind of what you guys have all asked for, more or less what we are, the outdoor drive. Not just hunting, not just bow hunting, but fishing also. And this one's actually kind of a special one. Uh, David is, is somebody who's been doing something very incredible for a very long time. And being able to fish the 50 is very awesome. Um, and that's an achievement in itself. Not only has David caught a fish in all 50 states, but is now working on getting a trophy certificate in all 50 states. Um, I know recently he was with me and caught his trophy fish number 44, which is incredible. That's insane. I mean, I mean, let's be honest. And I know Steven has been a fisherman his whole entire life. I've been a fisherman my entire life. When David had told me about this, I was blown away. And I still am blown away that it's even a thing. Like when I heard chasing 49, which is shooting um, 
a turkey in all 49 states, I was like, wow, that's the coolest thing ever. But I never thought about fishing 50 and catching fish in 50 states. And then to do that and then to now go back and catch trophy fish. Everything you catch is a citation or it doesn't count. I mean, that's like saying, hey, I'm going to go shoot a freaking book buck in all 50 states. All 50 states. I mean, and it's, it's not, not an easy. easy thing to do. No, <laughs> no. And we'll let David take us through it because I don't know. I mean, I know enough about it because I spent a lot of time with David, but um, I didn't get to dive into a lot of the stuff that we will dive in in the podcast and purposely did that so that we can now know. Because when I had met David, I was like, he's got to be on a podcast. Like That is one of the coolest things in the world. We need to talk about that. Like, it, it, I'm still mind blown. I really, truly, honestly am. And, it's cool as hell. And to be honest, Steve, he doesn't live very far from you. Right. So I I'm I'm I I can't wait. I really honestly can't wait to have everybody hear this and hear exactly what David's got going on in his world because it's an incredible thing. It really is. And you guys can follow around his journey. He does have a website. Uh he'll obviously let that out, but it's fishing50.com and uh you guys can watch on his story and see what's going on. I mean, it's definitely an incredible thing. So um, let's snap into all of the sponsors here, uh, so we can get underway and kind of get these things. Let's get it down pat, huh? Let's do what it. What do you think? All right. Nor'easter game calls, nor'eastergamecalls.com. Guys, if you guys haven't checked them out, deer season is just around the corner. You want to make sure to get over there and check out the new grunt tubes. Uh, Mark has done a phenomenal job. There's a whole line of them up and ready to go. Also, for you sick of deer hunters, sick of deer here starts on September 9th, so you want to make sure to grab those too. He does have a sick call um, on his website also. Uh, Hunt Worth. Huntworth.com. <laughs> get Hunt stock out of your head. I yeah. know, man. It's crazy, <laughs> right? Huntworthgear.com, guys. If you guys haven't checked that out, make sure you get on over there because their new products are insane. We've tested them. We're looking forward to deer season because we can test them out even more. Um, also, uh, Latitude, Latitude Outdoors. If you guys aren't in a saddle yet or want to be in a saddle, now's the time. We're getting closer to the deer season, but you guys need to be practicing. Check out the Method 2 and the Classic 2. Also, um, Bow Fishing Magazine, bowfishingmagazine.com. For you guys that are bow fishermen, or even if you're not a bow fisherman, probably a really cool thing for you to go and check out, bowfishingmagazine.com. Also, um, Zeus Broadheads, newerarchery.com is where you can find them. The home of the B-16, the Zeus Broadheads, the Aries Broadhead, and also now the new Hera, um, which is an incredible broadhead. We will soon have... Uh, Nick Albanese on the podcast to talk about this new broadhead for the upcoming deer season. Vital Ground Outdoors, vitalgroundoutdoors.com. Uh, Mr. Matt Chola over there at Vital Grounds doing really big things with Am Steel. Anything you can think about, his PSH, his Aiders. Uh, he's got just about anything that you can think about when it comes to Am Steel. Go and check him out over at vitalgroundoutdoors.com. And those are all of our sponsors and our people that we are associated with we can't thank you guys enough for making it all possible and for all of you guys at home um if you guys aren't subscribed on youtube aren't subscribed on tiktok instagram facebook any social media platform that you could possibly think about if you can find us on it make sure that you are there for you guys that are we can't thank you guys enough for what you guys do for us but just make sure to subscribe um share a podcast with a friend let somebody know we can't thank you guys enough for that and if you guys haven't gotten over to the outdoor 
you might want to get on over there. We got some really cool stuff. There's a ton of merch, more stuff coming. Uh, all of our podcasts are on there. Just a little bit of everything. And uh, you can also get on our newsletter, which is a very important thing. If you guys aren't on our newsletter, probably something you're going to want to get on to. We haven't done much with it, but we soon are, I promise you. So some really cool things coming from there. But what do you think, Steve? I was thinking you ought to take a breath. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking you about it, right? that one. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying, man. Like, we need to get these things recorded. I've been thinking about it. We need to do some different recording things because I'm bad with this sometimes. Like, long days, and then you try and do this, and we need to get some. Yeah, yeah. but uh, I don't yeah. know. I think it, it adds that personal touch. You know? Well, thanks. Thanks, because I have to do it, Steve. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. It's pre-recorded. It's like, okay, now you sound like Meteor. Yeah. Mid talk, well, cut off, pre recorded, cut back in. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but it sounds great <laughs> for the guy that's not doing it. <laughs> hey, you said, let's get into it. And I said, yeah, let's do it. And you, and we did a great job. <laughs> Just valid. <saying. laughs> valid. Very valid, Steve. I enjoy it. I enjoy uh, it. I concur. Uh, <laughs> we're a little Speaking loopy after of, the show. <laughs> yeah. Soon. Uh, speaking of pre-recorded, why don't we get on over to our buddy Mike Salter, get the news for your crews so everyone can know what's going on in the world. Bringing you the news for the crews is our good buddy Mike Salter. Take it away, Mike. Hey, everyone. We're going to kick this one off on the West Coast in California where the governor signed a bill in June banning the marketing of guns to minors. Now a coalition of sportsmen groups uh, has filed a lawsuit challenging the law, stating that the new law would cripple a wide range of youth hunting and educational programs. SoCal Top Guns is uh, one of four groups going to court, saying their entire youth education program is on hold because of the new law, which carries up to a $25,000 fine for any promotion of guns uh, that appears to be attractive to minors. This is having a rippling effect uh, to kids' firearm safety training and competition uh, as well as hunter education. Uh, multiple conservation groups have also opposed the new law but have yet to file any lawsuits. The hunters group who filed the lawsuit stated that as a community, hunters have worked for decades to provide hunter safety education for the next generation of hunters. This law directly undermines a critical community service. Um, I couldn't agree more, and hopefully the lawsuit will result in a win for youth hunters, uh, and hopefully we can keep an eye on this as other states might try to do similar um, legislative action. So now to Idaho and Montana, where wolves are taking center stage once again. A coalition of 27 wolf advocacy groups have petitioned the Department of the Interior and the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service to develop a rule finding both Idaho and Montana ineligible for funding under the Pittman-Robertson Act. In 2021, the states adopted statutes to reduce wolf populations by enacting new hunting and trapping practices. The new laws did not result in increased wolf harvest by hunters and trappers or decrease in the wolf populations in those states. Regardless, based on the alleged threat to wolf populations in those states, the petitioners have asked the Department of Interior and Fish and Wildlife Service to find that Idaho and Montana are in violation of the assent language in the Pittman-Robertson Act and not eligible for federal aid funds. If... Uh, DOI and Fish and Wildlife Service again finds that the arguments do not warrant a rulemaking to uh, decline the state's 
ineligible. The petitioners are likely to ask federal courts to review the matter. Uh, the biggest concern here is that if the courts side with the petitioners, any state that fails to enact regulations that protect all species from unrestricted killing could potentially be found in violation of the act and lose funding. This would include any state that allows unregulated take of coyotes, prairie dogs, woodchucks, or gophers. Uh, they could be found ineligible for federal aid. So a case that could have sweeping effects uh, on conservation and hunter education funding uh, across the country. Sticking with Montana, Fish and Wildlife and Parks is seeking public comments on recommendations for commercial use and recreational management of the Madison River. Uh, one of the most popular recreation destinations in the state. The overall goals of the commercial recommendations are to establish rules for commercial outfitting and users that manage um, social conflicts and crowding at the river and at fishing access sites to protect and optimize opportunities and quality experiences and to provide opportunities for new river uh, service providers. Uh, the goal of the recreational recommendations are to preserve the quality of recreation, protect the resources, uh, collect data on recreational use, and commit to developing a comprehensive Madison River recreation plan. Fish, Wildlife, and Parks will be holding meetings for September 6th to the 14th, which you can attend by registering on their website. And public comments can be submitted through Fish, Wildlife, and Parks website through October 14th this year. Now to Minnesota, where the bear season opens September 1st, and the DNR is again asking hunters to avoid shooting marked research bears. The 25 research bears are marked with distinctive large colorful ear tags and are fitted with radio collars, which uh, are often hidden by the bear's coat. DNR has recognized that hunters may not be able to see the tags or collars in some situations, and for this reason, taking the bears is legal. Uh, most collar bears have small implanted uh, heart monitors, which are under the skin on the left side of the chest. DNR is asking that any collared bears harvested uh, have the collar and the monitors returned to DNR. Other bears also have smaller ear tags that are one inch by a quarter inch as opposed to the study bears, which are about three inches by two inches on the tags. Uh, these are part of another research project and can be harvested. Hunters who harvest collared or tagged bears are asked to call the DNR Wildlife Research Office, and hunters with trail camera photos of such bears are asked to email any photos and location information to mnbearcams at state.mn.us. Lastly, to Vermont, where the Fish and Wildlife Department is offering a new instructor training course for anyone interested in volunteering to teach hunter education in the state. The training is scheduled for Tuesday, August 30th from, 4, or from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m., at Perro's Gun Shop in Waterbury. The training will cover policies and procedures, field techniques, and teaching methods. Applicants will need to pass a background check and apprentice teach with a chief instructor before receiving their full certification. Those interested should fill out an application at vtfishandwildlife.com slash node slash 128 and register for the training event online or call the education office. If you can't make this training, um, ones will be offered in the future and applications can be submitted at any time. As always, if you have any news, feel free to send it along. Reach out to me at Mike Salter on Facebook or bearded underscore bow 121 on Instagram. And with that, enjoy the rest of your ride. As always, man, Mike Salter knocking it out of the park. Thank you guys. If you guys haven't uh, sent over your news to Mr. Mike Salter, make sure you guys do so. There's so much good stuff. Deer season's about to know. Poaching stories, we want to hear about them. Send them over to Mike. You can check him out at Bearded Bow Hunter on Instagram or on Facebook. He's on all of our groups, Mike Salter. So thank you for sending over your news for your crews. But enough of the BS. 
You want to get to the show, man? I want to get to David, and I want to hear about fishing the fifth. Yeah, this has my interest peaked, so uh, I think we roll right into it. Let's go. All right, we're back on the phone with David Howard. Hey, Dave, how are you, buddy? Good, man. How you doing, Trevor? Oh, hanging in there, man. Thanks for taking the time and joining us on this one. We're oh, yeah, no. super excited about it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm psyched since you, uh, since you told me about it on your birthday of all yeah. of all the time. <laughs> That's too, right. So. He's a good, good right. man working on his birthday. So. Yeah. Well, I, hey, how could you miss it, right? I'm, yeah. You're yeah. going fishing on your birthday. I mean, how yeah, bad could it really true. be? You know? Yeah. yeah oh, well, yeah. Well, why don't we turn the key, man? Let's get this thing underway. Why don't you tell everybody who you are, where you're from, and what you do? Okay. I'm um, David Howard. I'm from Arlington, Virginia. I live out in Vienna now, and I am on a mission to catch a trophy in all 50 states. I guess for my job, I crunch numbers, but that's really boring. So I'll just skip over that. <laughs> we'll but, uh, you're a pro fisherman. Nobody wants yeah, to hear yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. In, in my dream. So, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, but, yeah, I did uh, a while back, like, on my buddy's bachelor party back in, like, 07, I just decided that I was – we were out in Vegas. So, you know, Vegas is awesome for a bachelor party. But, like, during the day, everybody's just kind of sitting around. And I'm like, what can I do that isn't sitting by a pool – and I had like this is back when like Bassmaster had an actual magazine with actual print copies. Right. So like I brought by to like read out the plate, and then I was just like, they happened to have like an article about Lake Mead, and the yep. one I was reading, I was just like, oh, I should look this up. So like went out there and fished with a guy, and like the fishing, like it's funny, the fishing sucked, but it was just so exciting to be at like a new place that was like just totally different from anything I've fished. I mean, Lake Mead is just I've saw some rough times lately, but it's just like a it's a totally different environment. It's like being on the moon. If you yeah. like pictures. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So it's, I mean, it's just crazy. But, um, but yeah. And then like, so that one, that was when I decided I was going to fish all 50 States. So I like did some research and did a lot of research and spent, uh, let's see, eight years do doing that. Then I finished up on my honeymoon, which is pretty cool. And then lately I've been going back to the States. I didn't catch a trophy in, uh, including Connecticut, where I met Trevor and uh, got on some trophy stripers. So now I'm at 44 states with at least one trophy. So That's yeah, it's crazy. Uh, it's it's cool, man. I've been uh, I've been loving it. And then there's like in Virginia, they have trophies in 30 different freshwater species, and then a bunch of different saltwater ones. So I've been trying to do that too. But that's um, I've kind of I've really gotten into the saltwater more in the last like year or two, like. I was talking with Trevor about it when I was up there and it's just, I mean, it's great. I, um, but I just hadn't really appreciated it much cause there's just like Virginia, you, I mean, we're blessed with salt and fresh and I had just always done fresh and hadn't really paid much attention other than like, you know, going out with my friends and getting drunk on the bay and like catching stripers, <laughs> but like that was right. it. Right. It wasn't, it wasn't like I had been taking it too seriously, but then but lately I have been. So it's been, uh, it's been a lot of fun. So when this journey had all kind of started, like, what what was kind of like in your mind like i'm just gonna go fish these 50 states like why yeah it was just like come from well yeah i guess because it was like because i was just out there in like the desert right and like you know when you think like vegas you don't necessarily think like awesome fishing right so like right. but then i had just like gone out there and just found found a like a cool thing to do with my time and then it was like oh this will be great because like i've lived in virginia my whole life and um you know i'd traveled some but i hadn't I hadn't been to a lot of the states, so I was like, oh, this would be a cool thing to do. 
like as I, uh, you know, like whenever I travel. So then like some of the states I had fished in, like when I was a kid, you know, like Connecticut, my dad's from up there. And, uh, but I hadn't, um, I hadn't really like taken it as seriously, you know, cause when you're a kid, like, I guess some kids take it really seriously, but like when I was a kid, I was just kind of like, Oh, cool. Some fish. And like my kids are the same way, you know, like it's like, <laughs> like it's, it's an awesome day on the water. If you catch like, you know, a billion fish that are this big. Right. So <laughs> Constantly. So then, like, as I was getting more serious about it, I was like, oh, man, there's like a lot of great water in every state that, you know, and it's and like, you know, and then it, like I went to like, you know, there's random places like a lot of people don't go to South Dakota to fish. Right. A lot of people go to South Dakota to hunt. Don't get me wrong. Like, well, they got some uh, some really serious verdict there. But like, it doesn't like when I mentioned it, people are kind of like, OK, but no, I, I, I laugh and even earlier tonight, the wife was like, if we were to leave Virginia and go anywhere, where would you guys in South Dakota? Oh, yeah. Hands down. I, not without a doubt. Oh, yeah. I loved South Dakota. It was it was beautiful, too. I had no idea what to expect. Like, I kind of just it's funny, like yeah, growing up on the East Coast and not traveling through the Midwest much at all. I kind of expected it all to be flat, but South Dakota isn't like that at all. No. Like <laughs> The Missouri breaks aren't like that. And then, like, you know, obviously you got the Black Hills, but. Like I went to Pier and fished on uh, Oahe for smallmouth, and it's just this beautiful fishery, and it's just empty. And like coming from the East Coast, it's just nice to get out there into like true open space, right? Like we're on this huge lake, like bigger than anything we got in Virginia, and then there's there are no other boats on it. No, you know, it's, it's just wide us. open. But yeah, yeah, and like and then there's just amazing smallmouth fishing that everyone I've talked to since then is like, oh, I didn't know that. You know, it's like nobody yeah. knew that. Yeah, <laughs> it was it's just not a like, thing there. Yeah, like I, I talked to the guide and I was like, do you get a lot of people from uh, outside of South Dakota? And he's like, oh, yeah, I get some people from like Nebraska, and, like North Dakota. And I'm thinking to myself like, OK, well, <laughs> that's not what I was asking. But... Yeah, exactly. I yep. was like, yeah, but yeah, it was uh, it was funny because I just yeah, I mean, it was just phenomenal. So I've been like trying to like talk up some of these states whenever I go places. And uh, but yeah, it's, well, I mean, it's let's, just been great. let's not talk up South Dakota too much. I want people to keep thinking it's just a cold, desolate, flat area. <laughs> yes, yes. So when we run yeah. to the hills, we can enjoy yeah. it. Note no to the listeners, I just lied to you. South Dakota is not worth, <laughs> it's horrible. definitely not worth going to. <laughs> yes. No. It's like deer hunting in Iowa. Don't do it. Yeah, yeah don't do that. Is is there was there was there anybody has that has done it before you? Like, where did you get the idea to fish the fifty? Like, is there other people that have done this before? Since I started, I was in, let's see, Indiana, and I talked with uh, the guy I was fishing with. We were fishing for steelhead, and they did. They have the, the Skamania steelhead, which do, like, a June run, which is cool. Like, it, it was just something. So you're, like, in the middle of the state that, you know, again, I hadn't really thought much of its fishing. Then all of a sudden you have these steelhead. They come out of, like, Michigan, and they just, like, you know, they're covered in hot, and they are they're just amazing fish to fight. Um, but anyway, yeah, I was talking to him, and he's like, well, I've only ever met one guy from Virginia and he was fishing the 50 states. And like Indiana was state like 11 or 12 for me. And I was like, wow, that is pretty weird, man. I was like, <laughs> that's what I'm doing. And then like, yeah, so he told me about that. It was like a father. So it was a cool story. I don't know. I don't know him, but they're from kind of near me, I think. But they, uh, it was like a father son. And it was before the son went to college. And so they were like gotcha. going around the country and doing that. So I found out about that. I checked out, um, I think they had a website or something anyway, but, uh, and then, like, last year, two dudes, like, kids from n the next town over had, like, emailed me and were like, oh, we're, you know, we're going to do this, like, fish the 50 states and catch the state fish and all the states. Uh, like, do you have any advice for us? I'm like, I kind of didn't think they'd follow through with it. So I was like, oh, yeah, cool. I just, like, gave them 
some like generic advice. And then there was like, then I checked them out and they had like, actually like, I think they finished it. I'm not sure, but they like got written up in some papers and like, there were some like merch and everything. And it was like, it was, yeah. So I mean, they did it too. So yeah, there's a, so there's another guy. Apparently yeah, people I mean, it's here like, in Virginia like, just like to travel and fish. I, I don't know. Yeah. That's like the weirdest part. Like I do know a guy from Ohio who's doing it. Uh, so he's like the kind of the only non-Virginian I know doing it. But, uh, but yeah, he's, uh, but it's been, yeah, it's been, it's been fun and, and very kind of like random. And you just like, and yeah, so I've just seen so many different cool places. I just, I know like literally locked down a guarantee. I would never have seen if I weren't doing this, you know, like, right. Like I said, Pierce, South Dakota, you definitely, definitely don't want to go there and enjoy uh, all that natural beauty uh, all by yourself. So. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a lot of things that you've learned about fishing by doing the 50 states, like new things that you've learned by being in those states and fishing? Yeah. Yeah. I think that it was, I mean, it was great for me because it's also kind of like a lot of guys that grow up around here, you know, it's kind of like bass and catfish and you do that. And then that's kind of all you do. And like, I mean, sometimes you go into the mountains for trout, but like I tried to go after fish that we don't have around here. And then, so it was just kind of like all new techniques. And like, sometimes it was like, just you know fish that you see on tv like the sturgeon like out in oregon and like right. that was awesome um but then also times it was just like some random ass like i was in iowa and caught a yellow bass which i had never heard of and it was like this like really cool looking it looked like i mean it looked like a white bass and somebody taking like a yellow highlighter and like colored them it's on like a peacock bass <laughs> minus the extra color <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it was like yeah it had just like really cool coloration but uh but yeah i learned um a bunch of different techniques which were good like i mean most of the fishing that i did was spin fishing but then towards the end i was doing more fly fishing and then i really picked up a lot of stuff because like out in nevada the way they fish for the cutthroat trout is right. i mean it's like just these huge cutthroat trout on pyramid lake so kind of like the little standard dinky roll cast and stuff that i would do and uh you know on the south river in virginia like isn't really going to cut it with those things yeah. so yeah, so that was um, so that was cool. It was also like some of the the fish, like the paddlefish in Oklahoma, like their filter feeders. Mm -hmm. They don't they don't eat uh, when they're you know they don't eat anything that we would have on a hook. So you got to snag them. So at first I was just like, well, that sounds kind of like cheating, but man, like once you hook into one of those, like it doesn't really <laughs> feel like cheating because you are <laughs> fighting that fish and it is just tearing off. So is that the only one that you snag? Because don't they snag salmon in Alaska also? Yeah, they do. I didn't when I was up there, but yeah, I think like the pink run, the pink salmon, they do like basically you essentially do like a, like a casting a fly and then um, they're not feeding. But if you can get the line like kind of like in their mouth, which is open when they go upstream, then you like snag it. Then it, they describe it as like flossing their teeth. And then, yep. you, uh, and then you do that. Like I like I said, I was up there for king salmon and then they closed it. So I went to rainbow trout um because it was kind of just more in my wheelhouse than like flossing a fish's teeth <laughs> but uh but <laughs> yeah it was uh... the swago lift they call it <laughs> oh, they? That's what they yeah. Do. yeah they do that in the salmon river it's the same thing i mean when you're when you're uh salmon fishing in you know the salmon river or oswego they literally do the same exact thing like you're literally you're lifting and if yeah. you if you lift too many times so you only get one lift on a swing so that bait starts to swing down river and you literally fall with your rod and then you feel it kind of stop and you have one lift. And oh. if you don't have a fish on that lift, you have to reel in your rod. Oh, you man. cannot follow through with the, with, with your drift because oh. then you get excessive 
excessive lifting, which is crazy. Like you get you get a ticket for like two hundred fifty dollars for excessive lifting. (laughs) You think I was a bodybuilder, right? No. (laughs) (laughs) I get those tickets all the time. (laughs) Yeah. No, I uh, I didn't know that, man. That's really cool. Yeah. So yeah, something a little different. Nice. Yeah. I mean, it's wild. Just some of the different uh, different things. Another thing, I guess, another technique that I learned and caught like my just huge lake trout in Wyoming on was like, we do like a lot of, I do a lot of vertical jigging and like, I really like vertical jigging, but man, like the vertical jigging you do out there is like, you're lifting, like you're in like a hundred feet of water on the lake I was fishing at and you're lifting your like, you know, like little swim bait, like little tube, lifting it like an inch off of the ground, like just to like simulate cause the lake trout are like all the way down there. They're looking for basically a fish that's like, not even just like dying, but like 90 something percent dead. Like this thing is just like, they're looking for this fish. That's they're like looking for the buffet. No effort. needed. Well, so, <laughs> the buffet. No effort. Needed. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, so you're doing, so you're like, so you're out there. Like, yeah, I said, it's like a massive body of water. It's so deep. And then you're just like, and then I'm thinking like, you know, honestly thinking to myself, like, this is stupid. There's no, way. and then sure enough, like some like 50 pound lake trout or just slams my war and that it like you know i was like one of the best fish of my life and i'm thinking to myself like how does someone discover this right but like it was cool i tried it with saltwater stripers and an eel in uh in delaware and had some luck doing that like this like this very minor way of jigging it but but yeah that was that was cool um but yeah Oh shit! My internet connection's unstable. Can you guys still oh, hear me? Good. Yeah, yeah, you're there. we got we got you. Yeah, you're good. All right, cool. Um, right, nice. <laughs> yeah, no. So when you say vertical jigging, like as far as like like flutter spoon type vertical jigging, or just bouncing the, the kind bottom. that I do a lot of. Yeah, in, in Virginia, it's uh, that's why we were talking about that a little bit after uh, you had uh, that gentleman on your show who was talking John about Skinner. it with a flutter spoon. Yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah, and he was. Uh, yeah, we do a decent amount of that on Lake Anna for yeah. stripers and hybrids and um, and then largemouth. Um, and that, yeah, so that kind of more aggressive form of jigging was something I was kind of more used to. I kind of like, you know, like an actual pull and then let her, letting it flutter down. Or sometimes, like, if you're using, like, you know, as if you're using spoons, like, sometimes, you know, like, if you're jigging bait or jigging, like, you know, like a swim bait or whatever, you know, it's kind of like the more, the standard kind of up and down, but, like, I hadn't done any of that like really gentle lifting. That's like kind of like finesse jigging. Like I hadn't done that. So. <laughs> That's a good. Yeah. We don't look so, like that finesse. Was cool. That was different. Yeah. We don't look like finesse guys. We're not yeah. really yeah, finesse no, guys. Not, not. <laughs> <laughs> was definitely more like a hammer guy than yeah. uh, like, a, like a chisel kind of guy. <laughs> That's so, nuts. Yeah. <laughs> and is there something that's kind of like sticks out in your mind in all of your traveling? Like one thing that's like the story like the end all be all in the traveling that you've done and fishing all these states um no i mean i've it's funny like i feel stupid saying it but like i've loved like pretty much every state like it was just yeah like every time i'm there i'm like just trying for like something new and like some of the states like you think like oh this state's gonna suck but then you go there and then like it's actually like really cool you like find something that's like cool about it that you didn't think like um like new mexico is a good example oh, yeah. right you know like new mexico is like That's think it. of you think like just desert right and nope. it's just like and then you see breaking bad and you think like oh cool i'm gonna get like shot by tuco salamanca or something so like you're not really <laughs> thinking like this is this is something that's gonna that's gonna be great for fishing but then like 
I went in like it was south of um, south of Albuquerque. It was just beautiful. Again, it was like open, like in uh, like in other states that we won't mention so that people don't go there. But you know, just like wide open spaces. And then uh, and then the mountain. I, I didn't even know that New Mexico had mountains. And oh, they yeah. had these like beautiful yeah, the mountains. Yeah, it was and cool. all of that. Yeah, yeah that's I like went up in the are. Yeah, it was it was amazing. And then uh, yeah, that since then I've learned about like one of my buddies like elk hunts out there yep. every year. And he like, you know, talks about it like it was just you know, like, oh yeah, of course I go to New Mexico, you know, and I'm like, Oh yeah, I didn't know anything yeah. about it. Hey, you get down so, yeah, to the so Chamas like, along the Arizona border, it's some wonderful yeah, no, wonderful it, hunting. Yeah, yeah. He uh he had like yeah, when I was uh up there talking with Trevor, I was just like, Man, I wish that I like had Billy uh, like my buddy uh speaker run, he like heads up the archery uh department at this game store down in uh Richmond uh, or a uh, gear store and he like just yeah, he's just so into into bow hunting and everything but yeah he was like just telling me all about like the places he goes in new mexico to hunt and he's just like yeah he's like I, you know like hunt hikes like 13 hours a day to get up yep. like into the mountains and i'm thinking to myself like jesus like i you know you don't you don't think of those kinds of distances at least like coming from back east you don't think of new mexico is having that kind of stuff but, but yeah, what no, was the great. trophy was... fish in new mexico pardon what was the trophy fish in new mexico oh uh white bass i was going for striped bass but yeah, that was another kind of big surprise. So the striper bite wasn't great, but man, the white bass there get so big. Like in Virginia, it has to be 16 inches for a trophy. And in New Mexico, the biggest one I got was 24 inches, which would like, it was just this massive <laughs> white bass. So it was, what it is, was, what is the difference between a striped bass and a white bass? Uh, in terms of like the white the bass are generally much smaller <laughs> and like, you can, yeah, you gotta, like, you gotta like look at like the, the markets. I think like the striped bass have, three lines that go to the tail and then like the white has like one it's something minor like that but usually it's like this i mean honestly you can often tell by the size like i when i caught that i counted the lines i like looked up and i was like okay because i can't remember all this stuff right, but, right, uh, right. But, but yeah it was uh but the the striped bass um yeah i mean the ones out there just are, are pretty big the hybrid striped bass are easy a little easier to tell they have like a broken line and they also kind of look like a football which is nice right um so it's Pumpkin like bass. Got, yeah they're yeah they're uh, they're a lot of fun to guys i i targeted those in nebraska and just like had a blast with them yeah because you wouldn't th- like you reel it in and you think like was this little fish giving me all this fight right because i mean they're mm-hmm. just like these like like you know they're like the feisty little guy like yeah they, know, like they the, hit you and it's like catching a you know a four pound smallie they yeah. got all that muscle. They put up a good fight, and you pull them out, and it's like, really? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're the size of a bluegill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was it was crazy. Like, yeah, the ones in Nebraska were like 24 inches was the uh, was the the trophy minimum, and like mine was like right at that. And nice. I was, was like, but I was sure that when I was fighting about, so like, oh man, this is definitely like you know, like thinking to myself, this is like some massive Giant. fish. And then I ended up just like barely eking out a trophy, and I was like. Oh, cool. <laughs> I was like, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it worked, you know, got the paperwork and everything. But man, yeah, I was uh, I was impressed by that. It was. Yeah. So, I mean, mostly, I guess, to get back to your question, uh, I mean, like the biggest thing for me is just trying to find new fish and like just being open minded to all the different places. You know, like a lot of people and I was definitely one of these people just had all these like preconceptions about what each state was going to be like. And then sometimes you get there and you're like, okay, I wasn't that far off. But like a lot of times you get there and you're like, whoa, man, I don't know anything about this place. And it's like, it's cool to have like done that. And then sometimes like now I'm like that annoying guy, whatever I meet somebody and they're like, oh, I'm from wherever. I'll be like, oh, where? And then like, you know, then I'll get to like tell them stuff they, you know, shit they already know about their state and they're (laughs) like, cool, thanks. But it's like, (laughs) 
Yeah. But yeah, so, I mean, it's, this has been a lot of fun. I, I'm curious. So with everywhere you went and everything, you know, the one that sticks out that I'm curious about is Florida. Because of Ooh. you have so many different choices, how did that trip go? Oh, that was great. Yeah, Florida, my grandparents lived in uh, Sarasota, and then I had family up in Kissimmee. So I had been to Florida. I had actually fished it kind of before this started. But then that was one of the states I hit early on. Um, you know, like winters, like around Christmas, I'd always try to like be like, oh, Mom, can we go visit Grandma? You know, because it's right. A- it's like a thousand degrees down there and it's freezing in Virginia. So, right. but yeah, it was, um, so like, I just went down again. This is Florida was one of those States I picked with like an ad for a guide from Bassmaster magazine. So it's like, I feel like I'm plugging them a lot, but anyway, it's just like, yeah, it was like this guy that fished on Toho and he, um, and I just was like, okay, this guy looks good. And then, yeah, and it was real close to my family in Kissimmee and then like easy drive from Sarasota. And then we just had like a whites out day. It was, cold by florida standards it was like probably by most places standards it was like 30 something in the morning so no one was fishing so toho i mean like everyone's heard of it it's so popular but no one was there because everybody in florida's like oh it's 30 i'm not going out yep but man it was an insane bite the guide was from minnesota so he and i didn't really care about that it was like yeah it was just crazy like every like largemouth was like an amazing largemouth and it was just like every cast It it was one of these trips where you just like you know everything you do is awesome. And, uh, but like, I, I'd, I'd, I'd fished on my own for, uh, some bass and caught some decent carp doing that. And then, like I said, I didn't get into salt water until more recently. And then I went down and caught some, uh, Goliath grouper. Uh, let's see. That was like a number of years ago. So that, cause like I, my wife had never been down to Sarasota. So I was like, we're going. And then that was, uh, that was, that was a fun fish too. It was like, kind of a bizarre experience because you catch like so you catch the small fish for bait but then the next fish that you catch up like barracuda and amberjacks and that stuff are also bait that you're then using so it's just like you spend like you know all these levels to get to that and then you're out there like randomly catching bull sharks that the goliaths then eat and you're like oh my god this is insane but yeah yeah Yeah, four was yeah that was it was cool i like and honestly, if somebody were to ask me, like, what one thing do you recommend? Like, I don't even know. Like, I'm trying to get back there at some point and do some, like, fly fishing on the flats. So, you know, it's like, I mean, yeah, there's, yeah, it's like, like you said, it's like literally everything is world class. And so, I mean, like, yes, yeah, so what do you choose? Yeah, you, like, you mix in the peacock bash, you mix in the drum, you mix in yeah. all of that. It's like, okay, well, what do you go for? Because they're all yeah. bone. They have bone yeah, fish. The bone they have fish. all kinds of crazy stuff there. I mean, Florida is just one of those areas that, you like, can get that I know, species of snakehead down there. Yes, they yeah. do have. Yep, they have that crazy snakehead there. Absolutely. Yeah, That's I not- I hadn't heard about that. One of my buddies in Virginia fishes for snakehead a lot, and he's uh, and he had mentioned like, yeah, that going down there and then catching them, and it was yeah, kind of funny because I guess it's a different one, right? Yeah, it's than, a different like, yeah. species. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I they're nuts. Pardon? They're nuts. I mean, have you just caught a snakehead before? No, I actually haven't. It's funny. Everybody talks about like, right oh, they're there on the Potomac. Why have you not yeah, gone up like, and got I, it? <laughs> yeah, no, it's funny. Yeah, everybody's just like, oh my god, I can't believe they're killing the river. And I was just like, I've been fishing here my whole life, and I have not caught one. I've seen them, and like, I don't. I mean, I guess like the people that the people that target them catch them a lot, but like they're they're not as much of a buy. I mean, it's just one of these things where everybody has something to complain about, right? And so some right. people are like, like if you go out there and you have a bad day bass fishing, like you don't want to be like, 
I suck at bass fishing. You want to be like, oh, it's because the snakehead ate all the bass, and, uh, <laughs> and they're just not here anymore. You know, well, such a so, truth. Like, Anybody yeah. who fishes the Potomac, especially up around your way, and says there's no bass, whether it's large, small, because the snakeheads are full of shit, because that river is loaded. Yeah, yeah. No, it's. I have. Yeah, I'll put it this way. I have not had any seen any decline in like the bass production because of the snakehead like the way that the only way that the fishery has really changed is since the blue cats have come up the potomac there are fewer channels right but uh and that kind of sucks because i like channel catfish but i mean the blues getting massive so like if you're trying to get out there and like bottom fish and catch a big fish like it's you know they're there like one of the guide services on the Potomac just caught like an 84 pounder recently i think the river record's like 90 something yeah, so, yeah i mean like because yeah, that beats out the james damn near yeah yeah it's uh so yeah so i mean it's like and so like i'm i'm you know i'm that weirdo being like oh it's too bad about the channel catfish but like nobody cares yeah you just come up to the shenandoah and get your channels there we got plenty yeah yeah that's what yeah I, I and i love fishing the shenandoah so uh yeah so i, I haven't really minded that because it's like it's very it's, it's kind of a different experience because it was all kind of like largemouth and blue on the potomac but then you go to the shenandoah and it's all like smallmouth and channel you know yep. so it's like a lot of like surface baits a lot of, uh, you know, it's kind of just like a different way of fishing. So. Yep. I mean, and that's there, one thing that's great about the fishery around here is you can literally travel 20 minutes and be in an yeah. entirely different fishery. Salt, yeah. fresh, doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. So, yeah, it's, uh, so you're down so you're down near Stanton then? I, I'm in Front Royal. Front Royal. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I don't, what the hell was Eric talking about? Yeah, he, that's what that's what uh, Trevor had told me. And then Eric's like, oh, yeah, he lives next to me. He's just like, hey, next to you. <laughs> I, i'm not but, far uh, from yeah it. from royal so yeah you know like so like frederick and stuff like lake frederick yep. like that's another yeah like, lake cool frederick lake anna all of that stuff that's all i'm, I'm kind of centralized i'm spoiled nice yeah it's uh i, I go out to frederick a lot to go after those the mythical pike that are uh that are in there and well, it's you, like you got the mythical pike there but you got the mythical muskie here in the shenandoah yeah yeah so i'm, I'm gonna get more into muskie i'd Last year, I got invited to join an, an angler club in Virginia, and they have kind of a whole different like trophy and award system that I've gotten into. And it's like, so that's one of the things that I love about fishing is like, there's just always something different to be doing and like right. some like bigger fish to catch. And like, and this club like really emphasizes light tackle. So like, yep. I went out and caught like I had like two pound test on like a bait caster, a two pound test on a spitting rod, and went out and caught like sunfish and small bass. But like, I needed to in order to get like points for a certain category and it's like that's cool because i would never have i had never bought two pound tests before this right like <laughs> i had never like you know like rigged up this stuff and like tried to find out what plug you could throw on like a two pound test yep. like just like much. all the stuff in them yeah yeah, yeah not much is definitely the answer to that so it's like so it's cool to like learn all that um and then just have like have that aspect of my kind of fishing uh fishing resume get uh get filled in so yeah so that's been really cool but yeah no definitely like those musky uh i'm coming for them because they're one of the fish like i caught them before i joined the club but i got to go back and get them now that i'm in it because they're one of the required species so but that's nice. cool like i love musky fishing i uh it was just i a lot of the i had done a lot of it down on the new river and then just mm -hmm. like on the shenandoah i had just been targeting channels because i still needed the channel and so like hadn't gotten as into the musky so yep well, where we hit, if you ever get bored and come out here, it's nothing but channel muskie and smallie. All right. We're on, Stephen. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely all about it. You can ask Trevor. It's, uh, 
like I followed up with him like immediately and I was like, dude, so when are we doing the podcast? And I was like, I, like I was just like, I hope he wasn't just like, I hope he wasn't just saying that. There's nothing wrong was, with that. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. Dude, we're always do, happy to have people join well, in. Nice, I do want to dive into the, the trophy aspect of it. So, so okay. when you, what does it mean to, for the listeners, obviously, what does it mean to catch a trophy fish in each state? Like does, can you dive into like what the state requires and how you go about doing it to actually register it as a trophy fish? Sure, sure thing. Yeah, I'd uh, I'd love to. I'm very excited to talk about all the talk about this. Uh, when I told my wife I was doing this podcast, she's like, "Oh, good, so you get to talk about your quest for an hour to somebody new." I was like, "Yeah, exactly." Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, how, how cool is that? <laughs> so yeah, so well, there. Well, were, uh, well so tell sure. you got to tell them the rule though, David. You have to tell them the rule. With oh, your yeah, wife, yeah. how you're not allowed to talk about fishing. Yep, so. No, yeah, I, I get, yeah, my wife has like one of those little cards you get in soccer when you like do something wrong or whatever. Yellow cards. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's like, like, so if she brings it up, then I can talk about it. But if I just kind of like randomly come charging into her, like, you know, like into her office after like a long day of work and I'm like, oh my God, fishing, then she'll be like, nope. Yellow card. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think so, yeah. it's so awesome. When he had told me that story, I was like, that's that's incredible that's yeah, where yeah. the balance comes into play between the outdoorsman and the home life i think it's yeah, incredible yeah yeah so it's like it is but it, it, it has worked out really well because like one of the things you learn is how to get really sneaky about kind of like sneaking it into conversation and it's just like <laughs> she'll mention some random thing and i was just like oh yeah they have great fishing there that just kind of like let it you know like put your line out there and seriously i, 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 I went to the grocery <laughs> store and i saw they had fish on. oh really we could save money if we just went here and went fishing <laughs> yeah. yeah it's just like wow the price of striped bass really went up it must be because they aren't catching as many this year they just wait for the reaction <laughs> that's great yeah but um but yeah so there are 37 states that have an, an official program um where they like through the game and fish department that they will have like certain species and then the minimums for those species a lot of states do length uh or weight and then some do uh, just one or the other, and the and then there's a saltwater. I found that there were um, like Connecticut has one, Rhode Island has one, Massachusetts has one, uh, and then like Virginia has one. So saltwater, luckily, I was able to kind of get into that too. And then for the states that don't, I kind of luckily there weren't many states like in a row that didn't have one. So like Alabama has one, Mississippi doesn't, Texas has one. Louisiana doesn't. So it's like, you can just be like, all right, well, if I'm fishing on the, you know, like Louisiana Mississippi line, then I can use like, you know, you could safely say that what's a big enough fish in one big enough red drum in one state is probably big enough red drum in the other. Cause you're like, you know, yeah. Spitting distance away. Um, but yeah, so then like, usually it's on their site and uh, actually I think it's always on their, on their website. And then like places, some places like Georgia and Minnesota just have like, a ton of species on there. Like I definitely encourage anyone whoever wants to like say they caught a trophy. It's like, I think, you know, one of those states has like several different types of like suckers on there and like rainbow darts and all these things. It's like, it's cool that like they just get into that level of detail about it. Um, yeah, Virginia fish has, that you wouldn't like, normally target. Those are the fish you normally wouldn't target. Yeah. They kind of go out of your comfort zone. Yeah, I think, and that's, I think one of the cool things about it is to like kind of push yourself as an angler and be like, all right, this is like that yellow bass in Iowa, for instance, it was like, I have no idea about this, right? So, I mean, it does, you get out there and like, what was the, the Iowa yellow bass minimum? Yeah, it was like 10 inches, right? So this isn't like some 
massive like fish you're gonna get but like but it's cool i mean then and then you can also like keep track like i also kept track of the number of species i caught so that was cool to add like you know yellow bass and stuff but yeah most of the time like a few states like alabama had pretty high minimums and alaska has really high minimums and like and then some states like you can kind of see which species are the easier ones to get like in virginia the blue catfish is right. like just ridiculously small i don't know what it is that, but it's like i want to say 30 it's like, pounds yeah it's yeah. it's next to nothing to get a citation on a blue cat here yeah so it's like and then there are your guides down on the james that like guarantee citations because this yep. is that so it's like so like that was kind of one of the things i'd look at and be like all right so it's like if this state has really good whatever and then the minimum is this like i think i could get that versus like and that was kind of one of the things i learned as i went along because in alaska i was like dude i really want to catch king salmon and like everybody does but alaska's minimum is 75 pounds on the kenai river and it's just Ooh. like yeah so it's like okay so that's not gonna happen yeah, for that's, me. So that's, like, that's not even 10, a reachable 000. goal yeah it's not even a reachable goal i know it's like 75 on the on the kenai and then like 50 on some of the other ones but it's like that's still insane like on the casino off i don't see that many 50 pounders getting pulled out like in a year so yeah i mean it's like nuts so it's like but anyway yeah so it was How like so there was it some, is. <laughs> yeah no it's i mean it's it's nuts so there was like some of kind of like trying to strategy involved and in finding like what species can i legitimately expect to get a trophy in if like when i target it so yeah i mean it's, it's a lot of research whenever people ask me about it it's like i mean it's awesome i've loved every minute but like to do it and that's why i told the guys that when they asked me about fishing for the state fish i was like honestly like for each state you can probably expect to spend like at least like 40 hours researching just like every aspect of it to mm -hmm. find out like cheap way to get there cheap place to stay and then of course you know the meat of it where are you going to fish what are you going to fish for what time of it and especially when it's like a species you don't know anything about like the yellow bass was like when the hell are the yellow bass biting the best you know and it's like that yeah. sort of thing but then when you do it you can really like like, I think one of the reasons that I've been blessed with such a good um, success rate is that, like, you can kind of see, like, oh, these guys are catching this fish. And, like, a lot of guides will tell you, too. Like, it's like, oh, we catch our best, say, wake trout, um, like, right after ice off in uh, in May, which, first of all, for the record, was disturbing when they told me that in Colorado and Wyoming. <laughs> it was like, May? I was like, it's a 1,000 degrees in Virginia in May. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are like, winter's just off. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah so but anyway yeah so it's like that sort of thing and then you could kind of tailor your trip around that but yeah no it's been um it's been really cool I, there are some some states that are really like all about doing uh catch and release which is nice and they'll like have these minimums and then others because it's like because that's always kind of one of the things is you got to look for is like if you want the official paperwork like in south dakota it was like they have the uh the catch and release minimum, but then also weight minimum. But then of course, to get the weight minimum, you have to get it, like kill the fish, take it to a store. And it's like, well, I'm not, I'm not going to kill some like four pound smallmouth, Right. But like, I, uh, but they have like, you know, I had like certified scales and everything. So it's like, oh, I could do that myself, but it's like that mm -hmm. sort of thing. So like in Virginia, you got to have the certified scales too. So it's like, but if you want to do just like a picture of you measuring your fish, you can send that in and then they'll be like, cool. Like Iowa even put a picture of my, me with my yellow bass on my, trophy form so that was pretty cool nice but uh, oh that's really awesome yeah yeah it was cool yeah so they've done like yeah each state kind of treats it a little different like i don't know who started it but like virginia's west virginia's tennessee's and north carolina's are like identical it's like the same dudes 
art and everything. And I'm yep. like, all right, well, well, I got it from Tennessee. I was like, well, this looks familiar. I definitely see this. And then, like, <laughs> got it from West Virginia, and I was like, oh, what the fuck? Like, I definitely I have this one too. So, yep. exactly. but yeah, like but most most of the states do. Uh, the states outside of my little region, I guess, are a little more original about it, and uh, send you some like cool stuff. And uh, you get like pins and stuff from some states. Yeah, yeah, like Arkansas like that, right? and Georgia, like sent me some pins. And then uh, Nebraska and like Iowa and Kansas had some like kind of cool official looking stuff. And uh, like you said, Iowa included the uh, included the picture of me with my fish on there. And um, yeah, and then like in Minnesota, when you get a trophy, they put you in the Minnesota Fishing Hall of Fame, which I thought was like pretty cool. So that was like something That's fun to like just cool. have nice. there. So yeah. So <laughs> yeah, how, did, I mean, how did Arizona go? Arizona went great. I did um, when I was in Arizona. I did. Uh, smallmouth and largemouth fished Apache and uh, saguaro outside of Phoenix. Yep. And uh, I'll tell you, that is not a well-kept secret. Like Apache no. is like, <laughs> Apache is like impossible to get to. You're driving on this like rutted out road, yep. carved into a mountain. Like I had just told the guy that I was going to meet him there. And he's like, now nah, you're going to ride with me. And I was like, well, whatever. And like, you know, it's pitch black when we're going there. So I didn't really know, think anything of it. Then on the back, you know, we're trailing this boat, like driving around this, road that is like you know it's like a thousand foot drop on yeah. one side and it's like as wide as this truck and i'm like yeah my little rental like dodge charger would have just gone flying off of that road so fast oh yeah <laughs> but yeah it was uh but yeah, there were still and like even with all that there were still like a decent number of people on apache and then saguaro is like you know yeah, 20 it, minutes it's outside a sports of Phoenix. Lake, so, yeah. yeah it was just getting pounded i mean it was like it was awesome like i caught um let's see how big it was i got my notes right here but yeah it's like I got a got a trophy largemouth there, and it was and it was great. Like it was just like bass fishing, kind of more stuff that I was used to. It was also a fish with a guy who used to fish professionally. This guy Rob Vanderkoy, and he was he was great. Um, but yeah, it was not like a well kept secret. So I can definitely say that on the uh, yeah on the air. Yeah, and, that, uh, well, <laughs> nothing in Arizona yeah. is really a well kept secret except for our elk. But yeah. Uh, uh, next time you go there, you need to go up to the White Mountains and go chase some brown trout. Nice. Get the yeah, brownies. I, I, was, I had been planning on doing pike, like, originally when I went out there, like, kind of up near, like, Flagstaff. But yep. then, I mean, they got me to stay around Phoenix because they're like, dude, you don't have to drive at all. Because <laughs> it's, like, basically, like, yeah, like, the Phoenix suburb is, yeah. like, it's Saguaro, and it's, like, you'll catch. Yeah, how big was my fish? Well, yeah, and, so and that's different. that's why I say next time you go out, you, you did the, yeah. the desert fishing. Now you need to go up and try Arizona alpine fishing. Yeah, that's that's cool. You you done that, Stephen? Yeah, I, I was born and raised uh, three hours north of Phoenix. Oh, nice. So I nice. spent most of my life in northern Arizona, and once you go up over the rim, you think you're uh -huh. in Colorado. Nice. It, it's it's like Flagstaff everywhere, and cool. everything is high alpine lakes. You got rainbows, you got cutthroats, you got brownies, you got brookies. You know, and it, and they're they're tough to get the big ones, but when you land them, whoo! Nice. So, yeah. if you want to see That's... the real side of Arizona, go there. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I think that I was uh, I was there like for like I was also like catching some spring training games just because the way yeah. the timing worked out. So like it was it was fantastic. Like this all around. I yeah, I loved Arizona. First of all, like it's always great to get out of the cold. Like you know, the winter. So like I loved that, and like it was cool just to like like Arizona. Like coming from like you know crowded like east coast cities like phoenix is obviously just huge but the way they laid it out it's just like yeah it's it just easy. made like driving around so much nicer because all the roads were just like well, it was weird to be like not be like stuck in traffic all the time i was yeah, like, oh, so like if you need to go east you got three options you want to go north you got three options
Yeah. 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 Which is, which is great. Cause like around here, it's like, you want to go east, you have one option and it's been crowded for three hours. Yes. So like, good luck with that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, that's cool, man. Yeah. I, I'd love to get back out there. It was, like I said, it was like, you know, like I had great fishing. I love bass fishing and yeah, I got, got a nice eight pound largemouth out of Saguaro, but like, yeah, part of me kind of always wondered what the pike fishing would have been like. And so now talking to you, I'll be like, well, yeah, man, cause I'd love that. Is this cool to like, just really get out there yeah um and just like find some of these things like one of the guys that works with trevor was telling me about his uh cabin oh i shouldn't even say this i guess on the air but anyway his cabin in like a certain state that has like just like all these just amazing brook trout and i was uh i was like yeah i mean like that he said that it's like no one is there ever and it's like yeah that kind of that's that's one thing about the state of Maine, honestly, because I'll break it out. Is okay. that there's just <laughs> right. so many there's so many rivers, streams, and creeks up there that hold some of the biggest. They do a lot of like uh, portaging, where they portage from river to river, and there's like lakes to lakes by that. And some of the most beautiful brook trout, native brook trout that you've ever seen in your entire life, like insane. It's insane yeah. up there. It's insane. Yeah. It really, honestly, is. Right. Yeah. And, yeah, Carl and showed me some of those pictures. Noise. Yeah, and, and I was like, "This, I mean, it looks like it's like fake, right? I mean, because it's just like this this brook trout that looks like you would get in like one of those like trout unlimited like calendars that be like mm-hmm. that, like would dream about, be like, oh, that's a nice brook trout." And then like Carl's just like randomly like, "Oh yeah, I caught four hundred of these," and you're like, "What?" <laughs> it's like, yeah. well, that's, and nobody that's fishes for them. They've never been, yeah, they've yeah. never been caught before. Those fish have never even seen a human being or been touched by a human being. It's like, like it's, turkey it's hunting wild. in Maine. People just don't yeah. do it. Yeah, they just don't. It's just not a thing. Is yeah. there one fish that's like your absolute favorite favorite that you have like the craziest story with? Um, that's a good question. I mean, I think that like if I had, uh, I think like one of the, I mean, it'd probably be my white sturgeon in Oregon, just because like not only because it's my biggest, it, like it was like four hundred pounds, which is like insane for me to even like say, but at the same time, like. A lot of people have caught bigger fish than that. So the fact that I basically caught kind of like an average trophy at 400 pounds and like nine feet long, this thing like, so yeah. So I mean like these things, I, I this is one of the few fish that I probably would never get tired of fishing for. And it's like, I mean, they take runs, they jump, which is really scared the hell out of me. Cause I'm like, I'm thinking I'm gaining on this massive fish. And then uh, the guy, buddy that I'm fishing with is kind of like, oh, no, he's about to jump. And I'm like, what? And then so he's like, yeah, then all of a sudden just like launches out of the water. And you're like, holy shit, look at this thing. And um, yeah, and then like, and then the fights are just like unbelievable and just take forever. And then like, yeah, and then it's been your fishing. Like we were in like downtown Portland. So like we're looking I, like on the Willamette. I guess it was technically Oregon City or whatever. But the point is like you know we're there and there's like a best western on your on your right and then like you know there's like people like you see people like going to work and then you're like fighting this like amazing fish and so like and then there's a million places that have fish even better than that that are more remote too like up in canada and like i think even further up like the columbia like into the snake and uh some of those rivers in in idaho and it's like yep. this is i mean it was just it was just an unbelievable experience it was like i found that like yeah, my my forearms were so sore after that that like I went catfishing like a week later on the Potomac and like even like the thirty pound blue cats I was just like oh my god and, like I was younger then too so I was like nowadays it'd be like okay I'm old but like back then it was just like <laughs> Jesus man it was just, like my wrist just hurts so bad. Yeah, I mean, what was the method? Good. What was the method to fishing for them? 
Um, for the sturgeon, it, um, let's see, we caught shad to start start off, just like caught fresh shad. And then I want to say that Buddy put like just put the whole thing on a hook and then like just threw it out and um, like waited on the bottom. And then, yeah, they'll just like pick it up and then just start going. And then it's like one of these like cool bites where you see it's kind of like going a little bit. And then when they just like really decide that they want to take it, that it just starts like they just start tearing ass and like peeling drag. And then like you and you can't really even gain on a fish like that where you're just kind of like they like take up the anchor and then you're just like holding on. And then this thing is just pulling you down the river. And like I've had that with like some saltwater fish, but it's like never with like a freshwater. This thing is like, right. Like I said, it's like, you know, like a river where like people's homes are on the side and then you're there just like holding out for dear life is this thing is like taking you, <laughs> taking you up the river. So That's what I was going to say. It's like giant tuna fishing, but freshwater. Like, yeah. yeah, no, it was it was unbelievable. And like. Oregon's done like a pretty cool job uh, of making sure that those fish could stay. Like, I mean, you can fish for them, but you can't keep them. And so right. they're like, they have this thing at the time that I didn't think how ridiculous it was, but it's cool. You can't take them out of the water. And I was like, oh, that's too bad. But then I have this 400 pound fish. I was like, how the fuck would I take this out of the yeah, water? You right? can get it to the <laughs> top enough to get a picture. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. So the picture on, on my website, it's just like me, like holding on for dear life. And then the fish has like his head up a little bit. So you can see it's a big fish. And then, man, when that thing was ready to go, he just literally flipped his tail and then just took off. And I was lucky I didn't like have my head further up as like guilt weight because he would have dragged me right under. Right. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, there, it, it was crazy. Um, And yeah, it was like, and then yeah, you can go out in a given day and then just catch like, you know, numbers of them. Like, I even had to like, like I caught two trophies and then the guy i think saw how much i was like dying there and was just like okay we'll go catch some like smaller ones and then we caught some smaller ones and then i like went back and caught one more trophy and like honestly yeah the next day i fished washington and fished for steelhead and i was like thank god i'm not trying to do sturgeon again because like, <laughs> like I, I i don't know like i like you said i might have been able to just like muscle through but yeah i was just so like yep. just like beat after that and, and that's yeah, was, that's a big thing in like uh southern idaho on the snake around twin falls is you get below yeah. the falls where the pools are and you go out and you catch them in a kayak. Yeah. That's, and you let them just, that, they just uh, pull you around in a circle in those pools because they can't get out. Yeah. That's what, that's cool. I didn't know that, but I knew that like, there's a guy in Virginia, this guy, Josh Dolan, who fishes out of a kayak and he like, just like towed his kayak out there and yep. like, yeah, I like, got on there and he said it was crazy. It's like, I think he was even like shore casting for him at one point. It might've been, against kayak but yeah he said that it was just nuts i mean it, i mean because yeah this thing like you're not really like for the most of it you're not really gaining on him it's like you're just kind of getting you're just letting him pull you yeah. he just like pulls your ass when around. he when he gets tired it's like okay i may get a crank or two yeah yeah no it was nuts and yeah trevor you made that comparison with uh tuna fishing and that was like probably the second fish that i would say like i did that last year out of situate massachusetts and that was like just unreal it's like this caught like 900 pound tuna and it was like yeah it's just like pulling us out to sea right and you're like yeah you're just like hoping after like just you know like 20 minutes that you might gain like one crank on him and then it's like i mean yeah you're just he's pulling you all over the place you're gaining like nothing and it was just such a different like both those fish were just such a different experience like i'm used mm -hmm. to like at least being able to gain a little bit on them but like I wasn't doing shit with that tuna. Like it was finally like it was like when he finally was just kind of like oh, and then it was like he almost knew that it was like catch and release time, like because the qu quota had been reached that he was just kind of like fine, whatever. So he got up next to the boat, and then we released him and he swam off. But yeah, it was um, yeah those those two fish. I don't think I'd ever get tired of of catching. No, but like really, all of them were great. I mean, 
it's definitely tough to pick a favorite, but like they're just like finding a different fish that you like. I mean, I still even like catching big bass. Don't get me wrong, but it was like very cool to find like a completely different fish. Like sturgeon aren't like anything that we have in Virginia. We, we have Atlantic well, we, sturgeon. Yeah, we have the Atlantics, yeah. but yeah, good and like luck. and that's cool. But they're not, you know, they're yeah. not several hundred pounds. Exactly. And I think they're also federal federally protected. So like, right. God help you if you yeah, if, if you, you actually one, catch just, water just cut the line. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not like you could really like take it and be like, oh, cool, look what I got. Because they'll be like, yeah, you're under arrest. So. Yep. That's here yeah. too with the salt. We have the soft nose, and they're the same exact way where you cannot take them out of the water. It's like a hundred thousand dollar fine for taking yeah, them no. out of the water. It's Man, like that, crazy, yeah. like nuts. And you, every once in a while, one will surface. Somebody takes it out of the water. We have them all the time. You see, like the jumping on. We'll be we'll be on the river striper fishing, and they'll jump out of the water, but. Oh, cool. I've never seen anything crazy like that. I mean, that, that's, that's I'd say one of the craziest things I've seen fishing was down on the James. We were cat fishing, chasing blues, and right at sundown, you just sit and watch. And you'll watch these sturgeon just blow out of the water. We actually almost watched one land on a kayak. And <laughs> the kayak damn near went, oh, it was hilarious. But it, it's the coolest thing ever to just sit there and watch those fish breach. Yeah. No, it's a it's a, it's a cool species, that, and that's cool that you got them up there too, Trevor. Yeah, like yeah. I know that like they had been doing a really good job with like tagging the Atlantic's on the James. Um, I was actually talking to this guy's uh, used to catfish uh, in Virginia, and now he's out in Kansas today, actually. And he was saying that like I guess some of the tags are like coming off, but like at, after a few years. But yeah, they've been really like tracking their migration, finding out all this cool stuff about them. But um, yeah, and it's cool to like think of that as them like coming back because yeah, I mean like. You still can't catch them. I'm like, yeah, right. God forbid you like touch one, like you're just gonna die. But <laughs> like, if anybody ever sees a picture of you doing it, but um, but yeah, it's like, it's cool to the, to know that those fish like that, you know, like, then 10, 15 years, maybe we'll be having uh, having a good run of them. And yeah, we may actually get a season fish. back. Yeah, yeah. That so is one of the cool things with the fishery is that they're starting to study these things a lot more than they ever have in the past. I mean, there's so many tagging you know, tagging programs and so on and so forth, which makes the fishery so much better. When they started to, you know, do different regulations on a lot of these fish, and now you're you're starting to see these things again and have really good runs on them. I mean, yeah. like that was never seen before. Yeah. Yeah, we were talking about that, Trevor, like when mm -hmm. I was fishing with you guys and we were talking for striper, it's like how right Connecticut is getting the striper with like putting that slot in. Because like, yeah, Virginia, I mean, like they're trying to do catch and release, but like, catch and release like you know like they do a lot of that in maryland and like most of those fish die and then in virginia you can still like commercially they have a lot of commercial fishing for the menhaden mm -hmm. and then there's like there was a, a incidental fish kill the other day for them like you know because they like when they're dragging up the nets like you know they oftentimes catch things that aren't menhaden and then those things they i don't either by accident or on purpose they kind of turn out of, of their nets because they're like like drum and stuff that are protected and then they just wash up on shore, right? So you see these like dead drums along the side, and like I mean, it's just, it's a mess. So it was nice to see that the Connecticut was like serious about it, you know, that they've got that like, and that's that was a good slot too. I mean, we caught like all. I guess we caught. I guess Seth kept like one, right? <laughs> but like, I mean, we were we were fishing. We caught like what like a dozen fish, and then all of them were over. So that was awesome because like you throw them back and they swim off healthy, and like and that was really cool to see. And yeah, like you said, like so many places are doing a good job with it. Yeah, and. You know, and they were kind of behind the ball. I mean, the studies wise, and a lot of these places were on the verge of, you know, missing out on a, 
a lot of fish, you know, and yeah. now that they've started to change, like Connecticut, for example, and New York and Rhode Island, like the New England states, they've kind of caught up on that. And now yeah. that they have that slot, the only fear that I have, honestly, and we, we were talking about it, David, is that we're going to have a point where there's too many overs and yeah. not enough unders, right? Where, yeah, yeah. Where you're not able to get those slot fish and those meat fish. But it, a lot of people are into this whole catch and release thing. And I'm totally for it because, like, yeah. it's been three years since we've had this slot. Yeah. And we're starting to see phenomenal fish. I mean, phenomenal. I mean, we had one today. It was 45 pounds. We've oh, had man. one that was 51 pounds. What well, was it the day before you came up? We had it was, like, the morning. that I, yeah, yeah. You know, I was thinking, <laughs> I was, like, saw that. Yeah, because it was, like, oh, God. Yeah, Seth was, like, oh, God, a 51 and a 46. And I was, like, oh, gosh, shut the fuck up. Like, I don't want to. like, like I was, like, I don't on it. Yeah, it's like I'm I'm happy for you, but uh, like if we go out there and I just get my ass kicked, like I'm gonna be so mad that I didn't, you know, because like definitely like one of those things where like oh should have been here yesterday. It was like no, you should have been here like the earlier this morning. And it was like yeah, <laughs> but yeah, but you got I your trophy it. fish though. You got yeah. it. Oh yeah, yeah, I got it. Yeah, like you called it, man. The next morning on that morning tide, they uh, yeah, we had gotten into some that were kind of the same as they as, as like when we went. And then, uh, and then we started jigging those bucktails, and and then like all of a sudden we got into like much nicer fish. So it was funny, like it was just like they turned on, like you know that's what you had mentioned. They just like turned on like briefly, like enough for me to get like you know the, the forty-five and a half. Then there was another one it looked like it had been attacked by a shark or something. It was pretty cool. It was just all like destroyed on the side. I guess like some of it had been on the rocks, but then also it looked like it had like a bite out of it. And then there were some that were like 43, 44, like right in there. And then it was just like back down to what we were getting, like still overs, but like just visit. And I was like, man, that just was crazy. 40 inches. Yeah. And like, that's what you had said. It was just like this, like this, like narrow window where like the big boys are just like, oh, hell yeah. And then it's like game on. And then they're just, they're done. <laughs> well, so it's funny is, so we had got, you say shark and how shark had, had been on it from where we were fishing to where we got the great white was like huh. within a mile. Oh, yeah. like that's how great that's it. so I'm not surprised that something actually bit it like not at all. The amount yeah. of sharks and stuff that we're dealing with up there now is crazy, yeah. which is yeah. nice. No, it's that cool was, to see, uh, though. Yeah, that was really cool. You told me about the great white. There's uh that's definitely one fish that I'm hoping to get sometime. It's not like in the immediate future, but there's a guy down in South Carolina who like tags them in uh, mm -hmm. in the winter. And like he has like all kinds of state records and uh and he was he just does it yeah he does like a cool tagging program like you go out there you fish for 13 hours for great whites like with the expectation that you catch like one and then like we yeah, have then he like tags it gets all this information about him and then you of course get this like awesome picture with like jaws right <laughs> and then uh then that's that and i was just like yeah that's something that i could do down the road like i think that would be like a cool kind of like bucket list thing to do does he guide people in doing that Barn, yeah, he, he yeah he, he guides like I, yeah he does like and I think he only guides like one or two people just because I mean like the action is like so slow you know because he's like right I don't think he takes out many people because like I guess you could like take turns reeling in the fish but like it's not he, yeah he just says that like you're hoping for that one bite and so like if he has a group of like you know four people even he's like you're not gonna all enjoy it that much like it'll be cool to see it up close don't get me wrong but it, like you know it's not gonna be the same so. But you know what you're getting yourself into when you do something like that. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, that's what I thought. But, of course, like, he's just read to say I always fish by myself, so I don't give a shit. It's just kind of like, I, yeah, fine. Like, 
I don't know, man. That that the the lucky horseshoe that you carry around with you, bro. I don't know. You'll probably get seven of them while you're there. Honestly, <laughs> right. like oh, somebody, somebody yeah, like I'll... you, man, with all the trophies that you've caught. I mean, it's it's impressive, dude. It really, honestly, is. And when you were telling me the story about how you've, you know, in the in the the mints of trying to get a trophy in all fifty states, and I was like, wow, dude, that's incredible. That is something. Oh, else. thanks, man. It really thanks, is. Yeah, I, uh... Yeah, I got I got six more, so I'm uh I'm getting close. I'm, I'm what are the states that you need left? Uh let's see. Alaska, Hawaii, Washington, Idaho, Montana, and Maine. So Wow. Well, I know yeah. what you're going for in Maine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Maine, I'll be, we already I'll, got that under Pat. <laughs> yeah, I'll be like texting Carl, I'll be like, hey bro, we're still on, right? I'm that guy you met like randomly years ago. <laughs> you gave me your number. <laughs> Let's go spend a spend a weekend at your cabin. Yeah. So you, <laughs> you I'll tell you, I mean, all those places that you just named are probably some of like the most like off the grid type places to go fishing, honestly, right? I mean, like they're like yeah. I mean Alaska. What are you gonna try and do in Alaska? Alaska, I might like there. Like I said, they have kind of some high minimums, but one their minimum that seems like the most achievable is uh, rockfish, actually, which is like it's yeah. kind of like a bycatch when you're halibut fishing, and I've never caught a halibut either. So I'm like, well, this is perfect. Like yeah, I could go for both. Like, yeah, exactly. Like I could like you know like the halibut minimum is like 250 pounds, so that's like a big ass halibut. Mm-hmm. But uh, but, but the it, rockfish it's very minimum, achievable. Yeah, yeah. So th- and that's the thing is like so I think that like so I have an outside shot of that. But the nice thing is that like the bycatch while they're deep dropping for that are these rockfish, and I think the minimum there is like eighteen pounds. But they'll like be like, oh, I caught this thirty pound rockfish. They look like you know, so it's like okay, and they're really cool looking too. So that's they are right. Fun. Yeah, very I, attractive fish with that big orange. Yeah, looking, yeah, they're just really cool looking fish. Yeah, yeah. Years ago, my buddy, actually the guy whose bachelor party. I decided to do the quest on. He uh, he sent me this picture. Like him and his wife were up there, and uh, sent me this picture. Yeah, it was like the first time I'd seen a rockfish, and I was like, "It's like, dude, look what I got!" And I was like, "What the fuck is this?" But yeah, I was like, then I looked it up, and I was like, "Oh man, this is like a cool fish." But yeah, I mean, it looks like just like a goldfish on like you know HGH, right? I mean, it was like <laughs> just like an unbelievable. Like the coloration is awesome, like you said, Trevor, and then like and then the size is awesome, and then yeah, the fact that like. I'd be catching that while targeting um, something else. I mean, that's pretty cool. So, absolutely, yep. you could potentially pull two out on that trip. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I've been I've been lucky. That, I've been lucky in a lot of ways, but one of them is like some of the states I have left are like just phenomenal states that it's like okay, yeah, I have to go back to Hawaii. Damn it, you know, like it's uh, yeah. <laughs> like that's, that's horrible. Uh, yeah, that's horrible. I gotta go back to Alaska. Yeah. I gotta go back yeah. to Washington. I mean, like those are horrible places to go back and visit. Yeah. No, I like yeah, and I I love like the Mountain West. So that was uh, so I think that like a part of me is just like was secretly like happy that I was like oh yeah, like you said, I was like I have to go back to and Idaho is one of those places too yeah. where it's like like Florida where you're like what will I try like why try massive sturgeon why try like they have like eight pound smallmouth and yeah. like this one yeah this one reservoir there and then they have um and then up north they got uh, in the Panhandle they have those like triploids on Ponderay they get just truly massive yep. and, uh yeah so I mean like it's like can't really go wrong that's like an insanely big pike and so yeah but it's it's funny because like I yeah so I, honestly my biggest dilemma with Idaho has been like what should what I do right I think it'll probably where? be yeah exactly it's like, yeah because Idaho is it's funny because like 
because of the way it's cut out, you don't think that it's that big. Yeah, you don't realize like Idaho hours. touches Canada. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, it's like thirteen hour drive to go from top to bottom. So yeah. it's like yeah, like you can't like legitimately be like, oh, I'll fish up at uh, Priest Lake, you know, like up in the Panhandle, mm-hmm. and then like drive down and maybe try Sturgeon the next day because it's like yeah, no, that's no, that's, that's an like all day deal. Driving, yeah, it's like driving from here to Florida, right? I mean, it's just like exactly it's like that far. So yeah, but it's uh, but no, I'm 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 psyched, man. I'm psyched to go back to these places. So. Yeah, and that's the is thing there... is now that you've added in the fly rod. That opens yeah. up a world of possibilities in all those states because they have so many different fish up there that are almost uncatchable without a fly rod. Yeah, yeah. They Idaho like the uh, like the browns and the rainbows yep. kind of near like Henry's Fork in that area. Like I was thinking about that too because I mean they look awesome. Yeah, and then they have some of those places like we were talking about with Maine where it's like they get like no fishing pressure. You know, right. and it's like most of them have like, never seen around, like, someone flip a fly. But, yeah, exactly. Yeah, some of them are on private property, but most of them are just like you know. I mean, you gotta hike your ass off to get there, and it's like a lot of people are just like, yeah, I'm not doing that. But you know, the that. craziest thing about Idaho, though, What's you that? can walk out in a potato field in an irrigation ditch and flip a fly into it and pull out uh-huh. a trophy. Oh, nice. <laughs> I mean, it's it's the wildest thing you've ever seen, but literally, you can catch fish in the irrigation channels there. That's cool. That's funny. Yeah, I had, somebody had told me that, and I didn't know if they were just like, no, it, it, it's it's legit. <laughs> like, yeah. so I'm, like I'm thinking, I'm sitting here right now. I'm like, this dude's bullshit. What do no. you mean? It's no. not true. My like, brother literally happen. lives next to a <laughs> potato field, and he can go out and cast into the the irrigation and pull trout out. That's insane. Yeah, it's like that's nuts. How uh, do they yeah. live in it though? Like, what is their water source to like the snake something river. like that needs? Yeah, the snake yeah, but river they need to like have some type of like, oh, it do, all yeah. the irrigation goes yeah, it, into it's that all, because it has to have it, it runs in and out, so it makes it possible. There's enough oxygenation in the moving water going through there that the trout can live in it just like a stream. That's, that's crazy. Cool. Yeah, that's. I'm, I'm glad that you said that. Yeah, because I had heard someone say that about Montana because yep. they were even like Montana. I had read it even been like trying to like have some like rules about fishing the irrigation ditches. And yep. I was like, the fuck is that about? You know, yeah. I was like, yeah. like we, don't, we don't have rules on the East coast about like fishing the sewer. Right. Oh, so right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, let's go fish downtown DC. <laughs> yeah, well, that's like yeah, Florida. Like, Florida's like that. Maryland is like that. They have all these crazy ditches and all these yeah. weird places. Like when I was down in Maryland, uh, spring turkey hunting like during the day because you can only hunt till noon obviously and we would literally drive around and there's all these ditches and we'd be fishing in a ditch on the side of the road literally <laughs> a ditch on yeah. the side of the road trying, trying to, to catch snakeheads snakes. and yeah. you're like what in the world like i i was the kids i was with i'm like dude this is the dumbest thing i've ever <laughs> i've ever no, done in my life yeah. and we're catching and we're catching like snapping turtles and, oh, yeah. and snakeheads and like there's all kinds of shit in them and i'm like this is the craziest thing I've ever done in my life, dude. Yeah. At night, at night we're driving around, like it was the craziest thing. We're like driving around and we have a flashlight and we're shining all the ditches and we're blow dart gunning uh, snakeheads out of the ditches. And I'm like, nice. what? It's yeah. just like it's just like you're talking about with Montana and Idaho, which yeah. in the it, irrigation it's running water, what? water runs in to feed it and then it runs right back out. It's yeah, moving water, so it stays cool. oxygenated. Fish survive. I can see it now. David's going to have a YouTube video with a GoPro <laughs> catching giant trout and irrigation. In a potato field. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got yeah, you. Like, I'm going to have fish and my, taters for dinner. <laughs> yeah. Hold my yeah, beer. Like, 
<laughs> just like go to some like random potato farmers and be like, it's like, oh, is it cool if I just like fish your sewer? And he'll be like, yeah, whatever, man. Yeah. <laughs> just don't get hit by the moose. You're good. Yeah. <laughs> so, David, is there is there one fish, if you could catch one fish that's like your ultimate bucket list, list fish, what would it be? Mm, yeah, the fish that are still left on the on the old bucket list would be well, the great white, and uh, and then I still haven't caught a tarpon or a marlin. I've fished for tarpon, and I've got to see a lot of them jump with my lure in their mouth, and then <laughs> somehow not have my lure in their mouth two seconds later. Um, so that would be good uh, if I could actually land one. Yeah, I was like over seven or something, and. Uh, Jeez. And like that seems, and actually that seemed pretty normal. Like when I told people that, they're like, "Oh yeah, like I'm over six, or like I'm I'm one for ten. and I'm like, "God, it's crazy." Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that like that would be uh, those would be the ones that are left. And then yeah, marlin, I just haven't like I said, I haven't done like true offshore much. Like I've done it now, like yeah, with you guys who we went out and saw mm-hmm. like I did it in Massachusetts, and uh, and then like but even the the striper fishing I had done in like new jersey getting trophies like those were just like really just right coming out of the hudson so like you're like in front of like i don't think it was asbury park but i guess we're a little bit further north of that but like you know you're kind of like off the beach right i mean so you're not really like out there you're definitely not in like blue water and uh or any of that so i think it'd be cool to like really go out there and then do some of that that like true like you know 40 50 i mean because the gulf stream so far away here it's like you know like go like 50 40 miles. 50 miles out and do some yeah. of that marlin fishing but so. that's a that's a drug you probably don't want i promise I, you like yeah. coming from a freshwater world like my dad being a tournament bass fisherman for so many years and growing up on lakes and bass fishing constantly to like now being in salt water and then now being an offshore fisherman forget it bro that's a drug that nobody should ever ever have to take because it's once you get in a blue water and then you have like tile fish and sword fish and then you have all your tunas and i mean there's just so many things out there and like guys like us that are from the woods are like bro what is this this is the craziest (laughs) thing i've ever dealt with in my life like yeah (laughs) it really is it really the blue water is something else. Mahi mahi and marlin yeah. and sailfish and forget yeah. it. I'm I'm Absolutely. hoping that I get a marlin when I go to Hawaii. That'll I think because there's like yeah there's a guy out there who like just kind of like casually catches marlin the way that we casually catch like either stripers or catfish. It's crazy. It's like like every day he's like oh I took these people out for their first marlin. It's like I took these people out for their first marlin and then you know like Oahu showed up and I'm like the fuck is this guy like i mean it's like i think his name's even like marlin magic too and i'm like it does seem like mad i mean I'm like, this has got to be bullshit but no i mean he's uh it's it's crazy so yeah i'm hoping that's where my first uh what is it a trophy what is a trophy marlin down there they don't hawaii doesn't really do that so i'm just thinking okay. that um i might do some research there but it also might be one of those things where if i can land one then that'll be that'll like, be your trophy, trophy. Because it's like kind of one of these things. Like, I, th- I guess if I landed like a really small one, I'd have to think twice about that. But like, I don't need to go out and catch like a grander or something. Right. Like, you know, it's like, I think just like, even if I caught, I mean, hell, even if it, it ends up being like a white marlin instead of a blue marlin, like, or I guess they have striped ones out there. Anyway, the point is like, I think like that would be cool too, just to be able to say that I did it. But that's yeah. a problem I'd like to have. And worst case scenario, I just go back to Hawaii again. So. Oh, damn. Yeah, whatever. Big deal. Yeah. Just keep turning yeah. around, man. Yeah. We're gonna go for our uh, ten year wedding anniversary, so that'll be fun. And like, take my my boys like 
fishing for sunfish when the action is constant. Like it was yeah. funny, like when I was talking to Seth about it and he had asked like about them coming out, I was like, man, that the boat ride to get out to where we fished, like they would have been just so, they would have thrown all the shit in the water. Like they would have been like, <laughs> they just would have been like, what are we fishing? And, like it would have been just like, they had the podium. So like, I think by the time that my wife and I have been married 10 years, like my older one will be seven, my younger one, or my older one will be nine, my younger one will be seven. So like they might be able to do it then. But like now for, it's like, we go to like a sunfish, a place with sunfish. They like throw a rod in. They get a fish. They fuck around with it. Like half the time, they're just like poking in the eye, like doing all this stuff. And then they, they like throw it back. But sometimes they mess. They go. I mean, it's just like, it's a mess. But I mean, they love. You know, it's fun to like do it with them. Obviously, and I love that. But like, I think that I'm hoping that they can come because it'd be cool to have that with me. Like you know, when I like knocked Hawaii off or whatever. So. That but also, they awesome. might still be throwing shit, in which case I'll have to leave them, <laughs> leave them there. I'm like, you know, poor them. They're probably hanging out at like some pool or volcano or something. I mean, Hawaii is like so much random shit to do. So that's yeah. awesome, man. But well, yeah, with no, that, yeah. I, I want to ask you what yep. what drives you outdoors, David? What what gets you out there and doing this? Oh, I know right. I'm glad you asked this. me because I know you ask everybody, and I was just like, I'd really been thinking about the answer too. And I was just like, <laughs> fuck, man, you better ask me. All right. <laughs> It is like, honestly, the quest for bigger fish. Like, I mean, just knowing that there is like, there's very few fish that I've caught that are really at the top of how big they get. Like my lake trout was one of them. Like the lake trout that I got in Wyoming was, I got, I think it was like 49, yeah, 49 pounds. And like, they just don't get that much bigger than that. Like, but, uh, but like even that sturgeon at 400 pounds, there's like, I think the world record is like 1800 pounds, right? That's that tuna i got that was 900 pounds like they go over a thousand so it's like knowing that like yeah i could like try different stuff or like just like get better at the techniques and go out there and just like continue to break your personal best like there's not a whole lot of things like i do like a good amount of weightlifting and like weightlifting like there's a certain point so i'm 40 years old so like i'm never going to get like the 400 pound bench right so it's like that sort of thing just like isn't attainable but for like these fish it's like it is right i mean pretty much like as impressive as my fish resume is at least in my opinion like there's still uh there's still like a ton of stuff out there like you know i had an awesome trip with you guys up there but like shit that morning like those random dudes show up and they're like oh he's got a 51 pound striper like that would be my personal best striper and like and it's and i think like you said like they're gonna keep getting bigger with that slot you got so like just knowing that you can go out there and at any given day like you know you could go and it could be like that lake trout i caught was in like the shittiest weather like for anyone who's listening in Wyoming, like I admire that you stick it out there all year because man, <laughs> like Memorial Day weekend, it was it was like freezing rain. Like, yeah, DC is already like a thousand degrees and it's like freezing rain and just so cold that I'm like so underprepared because I hadn't bothered to check the weather because I was like, oh, it's May. But uh, but anyway, yeah, it's like and it is just even if it's like a day you don't want to fish. And you think like, oh, this is going to suck because of like whatever, like go out there and do it. And you might just catch like the best fish, like my Texas alligator gar. I caught it was like it was so hot and like Texas in August. I don't know why I went to Texas in August. <laughs> Looking back on it, like it's, it's not, not like, very poor bright. planning, David. It's poor planning. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's like and it's funny, too, because like I haven't fished. And I was fishing with the guys like I should come back sometime when it's not so hot. And then it kind of dawned on me. I was like why the fuck am I here in August? Like, I didn't ask him, like, when it's like, is this a good time to catch fish? I just kind of like wanted to go. <laughs> Cause like, I had never been down to Texas. So that like, it was just kind of like when I could take time off from work. Cause it was like kind of between things. So, like, I just had like been like, all right, cool. I'm going to Texas in August. And then, yeah, I'm like, 
sweating my ass off and i'm like yeah i really should have come in like february yeah <laughs> right it's like this. but uh but yeah but just knowing that like just go out there like any time that you can you can go and get out there and like you could have just the, an experience of a lifetime and uh and then like even then there's going to be probably a bigger fish out there some other time so you can it's always something to chase outstanding i think it's awesome I well, really do. I think that your journey is 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 an amazing thing. It really thanks, is. man. Thanks. It's, I love it's just along. a cool story. I mean, it's it's something. Till Trev brought it up to me, I was like, no, I've I've never heard of it either. I was like, yeah. this is just it's such a cool idea. Thanks, man. Yeah, I so, got a yeah. Anyone who wants to hear more, my website's uh, fishingthefifty.com, and uh, I'm gonna put my uh, my Connecticut up update up there soon well, actually i'm not gonna do shit i don't really know that stuff my wife does my website so, uh, <laughs> so, so make sure you say good things about it because she also reads the email and uh yeah so whatever whatever she can she is going to update the site and uh and everything so yeah it's uh <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm not too proud to admit that i don't know I, I don't know anything about that stuff like it's like she did a phenomenal job on the website I oh thanks you, buddy dude. thanks I she did a very it. good yeah. job on the website i was <laughs> like he hey man he's very well-rounded he did very well he can catch fish and he has a beautiful website but it's good to know that you aren't the one that did it at no, all no yeah for my <laughs> wife it was like he's like younger than i am i guess he's like probably like i think he's like your age Trevor. so it's like she learned about this stuff like in school right whereas like to me it's like kind of like oh computer and like she's just like oh yeah we did html in middle school i'm like what the fuck i was yep. just like yeah it's like i don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> that's not something i did in middle school yeah, we, we only thought we were ahead of the curve yeah yeah and then you see what <laughs> kids do today it's like yeah you're coding in fourth grade have fun yeah yeah no it's crazy yeah my my six-year-old will just like navigate through something like i'll just like go in there and he's watching some like on Amazon, I would not want him to be watching it. I'm just like, what happened? He's like, oh, I just like, you know, got here. And then I started watching like, you know, like the boys or something. And I'm like, absolutely not. I was just like, but I don't know how to do any of the parental controls. So I'm just like, Christine. I was like, yeah, like, no. I need a, need an yeah, actual adult. Definitely <laughs> not a show the kids should be watching. An actual adult. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just like, I was, I was like, turn it off and be like, okay, TV time is done. Till your mom gets back from work. Like, we're not doing this. <laughs> Wow. That's awesome. Well, where else can everybody find you and uh, follow along with all your uh, I got a Facebook page. Uh, Trevor has convinced me to get on Instagram, but my uh, better half hasn't shown me how to do that yet. So <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not quite there. She has it on her phone. It's, she's going to show me, uh, I think, like soon, and then we'll get some stuff on there. Um, but yeah, mostly uh, I update the Facebook page a good amount. It's just Fishing the 50. And then uh, and then my website gets updated uh yeah, some crazy stuff. I, I, I highly encourage everyone to get over to fishing, fishingthefifty.com and just checking it out because there's some amazing pictures of some great fish and kind of his journey. And I think one of the cool things about it, you know, for for David is that he tears it up with every place that he's been. There's pictures of just the tourist attractions, also not just about the fish, but some of the cool things that you've seen along the way in your travels. Oh, thanks, Fed. Yeah, it's been great. It's like. Yeah, there's some of the stuff that, yeah, that I would have just never experienced otherwise. And it's like, and then in pretty much in every state, you can find something like really cool. Like there weren't any states that were kind of a bummer. Like I guess the only state I haven't really explored as much from a fishing perspective is West Virginia, just because it's so close that like, yeah, you overlook it. Day trips. Yep. Yeah. So that's the thing. It's like, I, I mean, do I like too. go and like, I mean, it's just so, so easy to get to that I've never actually like had to spend the night in yeah. West Virginia because I'm always just like, yeah, spe- you're, you're, an hour and a half away some from some of the best fly fishing in the area. 
Yeah, so it's like, and we so just, we're like, like, yeah, we know it's there, it's cool, but we just never actually go. Yeah, I got yeah, the same was, problem. Uh, I, and it's because some of the fishing down, yeah, it's like, but anyway, yeah. So I, yeah, I guess my my advice to anyone that's like ever interested in doing this, it's like, even if you're not going to do like the whole thing, because it is a lot to bite off. And I was fortunate enough to start when I was like 24 years old. So, um, but it's like just you know, pick some state randomly, and then you'll find. I can guarantee you find awesome fishing there and then like also just random other cool stuff to do right i mean shit there's even like a taco john's like this like taco <laughs> joint in the midwest which is just like amazing so like it's like so even it's like that sort of thing it's like just like finding like new cool places to eat and like just doing new stuff and then most importantly like catching like new and um and big fish is uh is great so yeah it's, it's great anyone can yeah reach out to me i think my wife put my contact information on the site. I guess, uh, yeah, she did good. <laughs> yeah, so, and then, like, on Facebook too. So, yeah, it's, uh, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, th- thanks for, so much for having me, guys. Yeah, I was, Absolutely. I was psyched about this. Yeah, I mean, you could ask Trevor, like, when he told me about this, I was just like, dude, I want to be on there. And it's like, also, like, dude, I have like 50 dudes that I can give you a list of. So it's like, <laughs> so you guys then, will like, all be I, here I and all David's friends. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I, yeah, I don't know if you thought I was bullshitting, but then I was like, oh. I immediately got back and was like, okay, talk to these two dudes. They're going to be great. And then it was just like, oh, here's two more dudes. And then I was like, yeah, so sorry about that. But I think I capped it at like six. So you're the man. We <laughs> no, appreciate it, you, David. We it, really it's do. absolutely perfect. And again, this yeah. is another great example of if you're out there, per se, just traveling, you're going to go see family, you're driving through five states on the way, throw a fishing pole in your tackle box, stop at a creek, stop at a lake, catch a fish. You could check a lot of these states off real easy without even thinking about it. You know, yeah. So it, it's a very achievable thing for a lot of people because, let's face it, we're always traveling. I mean, hell, me and Trev could have probably knocked off 23 of these states in the last two years, hands down, oh, yeah. no problem. Yeah, so. yeah, being on the East Coast is a huge advantage because it's like, yeah, I mean, like everything is so drivable. It's like, there was like when I went down to Alabama, like, it's just, yeah, I mean, you get, and that's like kind of like the, the furthest. I drove to Minnesota too. That was a little bit, <laughs> a little bit further. But, uh, but it's like Alabama, you just get there in a day. I mean, you leave, like, you can even just like, you know, leave in the morning and then get there by like, you know, the, in time to like put a rod in the water at dusk and see what you get. So, I mean, like, all that stuff is like advantages we have definitely being on the east coast so it's like i know when sure. I, I was talking to a guy from california about that and he kind of laughed but i was like oh yeah this would suck for you because yeah. like, for you it's just, yeah it's like yeah, you're out west, it, it's a day to get out of the state <laughs> yeah yeah it's just like yeah if you're if you're starting like anywhere except for like on the border with another state it's like you're gonna be driving forever before yeah, you get yeah, it's else. it's a state a day if you're lucky yeah but, yeah, so, yeah i mean either way it the worst day of fishing is better than the best day at work yeah, so oh, yeah. that is for sure. <laughs> why why not go out and just enjoy it? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, and a lot of the stuff that's like, yeah, like you said, just like randomly having like a tackle, little tackle box with just like some soft plastics in there and it's like a spinning rod. And yeah, I mean, you can just, yeah, if you wanted to, like, and that's what those guys that did it before me in Virginia did. They just went through in 50 states. They didn't have to catch anything. They were just doing it because they were trying to do like, I think 50 states in 50 days before the kid went to tech, to Virginia Tech. And so they just like, yeah, they were just like, you know, yep. they get, they like drive fish and then like, I think they had like a camper or something and they just like sleep there and then just do the, do it the next day. So nice. But yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And it is, yeah, it is very, a lot more achievable. And it, like I said, if you put in, I mean, I don't, you know, I have to put in as much insane research as I did because I'm a crazy person, but like, just like a little bit of research and find out like 
where the good places to fish are in each place or even just like any place to fish like like i mean shit and you can go out to idaho and throw throw some flies in the irrigation exactly. ditch and pull out some trout yep, yeah there you go pick, <laughs> yeah. to, pick potatoes and catch trout yeah oh yeah <laughs> it's the good life so david again we yeah. want to just tell you thank you we appreciate you joining and sharing your story and it's it's definitely inspirational. I hope everybody listening gets out there and finds something unique like this to try. Get out there and just do your thing and have fun. And until then, thanks for taking the ride right here on the Outdoor Drive.